Welcome back to Inside Personal Growth. This is Greg Voison, the host of this podcast. And on the line today, we have Rabbi Brian. Rabbi Brian, how are you doing today? I'm doing great, thank you. Good. And Rabbi Brian was referred to me by his agent. I happened to be at a prophet's conference up in Los Angeles and uh, found this to be very intriguing. And Rabbi Brian has a new book out. Um, what I would like to uh, say here is a little bit about Rabbi Brian uh, before we move any further. And then I've got some intriguing questions for him around the book. Uh, Rabbi Brian graduated with cum laude honors in architecture from Tufts University in Boston. Uh, asking the question why too many times led him to rabbinical school where he fought for answers and struggled uh, with those that he got. Uh, he received his master's degree in rabbinic ordination from the Hebrew Union College and the Jewish Institute in Religion. In 2000, after serving as an assistant rabbi in the temple in Tarzana for three years, he left mainstream, organized the denominational religion, and started Religion Outside the Box um, with a 77% weekly newsletter, podcasts, and more. Rabbi Brian created the internet-based, non-denominational congregation to empower adults to find and be with the God of their understanding. And really, Brian, that's quite interesting in of itself. Um, I appreciate it. You've got a non-profit, uh, 501c3, called Religion Outside the Box, yeah, of an internet-based congregation. Wow. Um so I left, I had a job at a mainstream congregation, as you had mentioned, and I left. I didn't have a clue what I was going to be doing, but I just knew that that wasn't, that congregation, while doing wonderful things for a lot of people, it wasn't really working for me. Um, I started sending out emails to people with just my thoughts in them and, you know, just, you know, spiritual, religious thoughts that I might have during the day. Uh, and they came kind of regularly in my list grew from about 50 people. They said, I'm forwarding it to my friends. Can my friends be on the list? And it wound up being about 300 people. Uh, after a few years, it got larger than that. And it seemed to me like, what a great idea. People are sitting at their desks with their inbox. They're barraged by advertisements and uh, spam and uh, all other things in their inbox. Why not something spiritual religious? So I started an internet-based congregation. Uh, you know, technology has grown along. I have a podcast as well, so people can listen to my little uh, sermonettes. I usually keep them at about three minutes long, because that's about all I'd want to listen to, uh, and send them a little uh, newsletter with something in it for them to read, and when people want to respond, they do, and when they don't want to read it, they don't have to. It's it's kind of groovy that way. So what you do is you basically kind of give them sound bites. You're your religion, uh, as, as you call it, religion outside the box, is to be able to provide um, individuals who are seeking uh, spiritual understanding and more depth um, what they need, when they need it, when they want it, that kind of thing? Well, it, it's, it's there as a when they want it, but then also, you know, every, every week on Monday morning, except for the last week of the month, uh, they get a little thought about some religious spiritual topic like surrender or acceptance or some 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 topic and sometimes it's just bullseye and people email and go oh my goodness that was exactly what i needed to hear today and it just seems to work out and as i send it out uh, 
every week but the last of the month, that's uh, 40 out of 52 weeks a year, which winds up being 77% of the time. That's why it's called the 77% weekly. And then uh, something that I think is very important for all of us to keep in mind, and that's the title of the newsletter, is that life is pass-fail. You know, if we get a 77%, we pass. And it doesn't matter how hard you work, you get a pass. There's no such thing as an A+. So I like to remind people to... Take take a take it a little easier on ourselves. I think that's a that's a good point. And uh, for our listeners, because many of the people that are coming into these to my podcast in particular, um, it's about personal mastery and growth. And many of them understand uh, those deeper philosophical concepts about you know how you relate to the issue is really the issue. And I have a question yeah. for you around that is. How did you discover that that this mission from God was to help adults find God through, and in your words, their own understanding? So kind of a interesting, you're a rabbi, but it has a little bit of a twist of almost Buddhism in it. Can you give us a... Well, I, well is this an explicit podcast? Am I allowed to use bad words on it? You can use any words that you want on it. Well, I have a Zen Buddhist priest who said to me, and I just love saying his quote. He said, with regard to all different religions, he said, same shit, different shovels. And that makes so much sense to me. I think all religions, when you do them right, any spiritual practice, when you do it right, it's all really about the same thing. So it didn't make sense to me at the end of the day uh, to just be promoting a Jewish path. That doesn't make uh, – that it works wonderfully. There's nothing wrong with following a Jewish path, and that works beautifully for millions of people it just i i felt like there was a a calling for me to reach to the people who uh are post-denominational or can see that you know i would want to be able to quote in a sermon i want to be able to quote the who's tommy or if i want to quote uh muhammad or if i want to quote jesus or if i want to quote the the ancient rabbis i want to be able to quote whoever it is who speaks to me and so i i kind of stepped outside the box of being just a, in a, quote, Jewish framework. I think that's great. Now, yeah. given the fact that there's so much talk these days about uh, the Jewish mysticism, Kabbalah, um, uh-huh. how much of your uh, newsletter and your online uh, religion outside the box uh, at times will discuss the Kabbalah and the Tree of Life as a way for people to actually find uh, their connection with God, Spirit, Allah, whatever they want to call it? Um, Kabbalah is just... Uh, I think I talk about Kabbalah, but you'll never see the word Kabbalah. Uh, I, I don't care for any esoteric language that people don't speak. If it's not regular, plain old English, and you need to have a, a understanding of a foreign language... That doesn't make sense to me. My, my understanding is that if God wanted everyone to understand things, it would be in the language that's already in their heart, in their soul. So I'm not quoting mystical Jewish texts in Hebrew, uh, but I am getting to the heart of what the Kabbalah is. And the word Kabbalah, and people don't even don't don't realize it. It just means to receive. It's a receiving. It's a it's being on the other end of you know if God or the universe is transmitting. The Kabbalah is the receiving of it. And I think that's what a religious life is all about anyway. It's receiving, taking in. So, as I said, I, I won't mention Kabbalah by name, but it's all about the same stuff anyway. So what are the three top misperceptions that people have about God? 
uh, Rabbi Brian? <laughs> um, three top misperceptions that people have about God. I, one, uh, I would say that God is simple uh, and God is un- understandable. I think that's a huge misperception that people have is that we can understand God or, or that we can have a clear understanding of God or that we should have a clear concise understanding of God. I mean, I think about Mother Teresa didn't have a clear understanding of God. The greatest minds of history have struggled with an understanding of God. All the more so, I shouldn't have a clear understanding of God. So I think that's one really common misperception is that uh, we should have a clear understanding of God. So that would be one. Uh, A second misperception about God uh, is that, you know, everyone uses the word, everyone thinks they know what everyone's meaning when they use the word God, uh, you know, but it's very hard to define. You know, we temp- constantly are saying that God is beyond comprehension, but everyone seems to assume that everyone knows what they're talking about when they use the word God. So I would say another huge miscomprehension about God is that when we use the word God that we're talking about an external deity who's active in the world, who wrote the Bible or anything like that. I I think that's a huge misperception and does us all a great disservice to think that there's a monolithic notion of what God means. Um, And I'd say I'm going to give a kind of rabbinic wise-ass answer to the third misperception about God. And I would say that I'd ask you or whoever's listening to think of whatever your conception of God is right now and say that's probably the third most common misconception about God. So let me ask you this question on the the discernment level. If someone's quite intuitive and they do whatever it is they do to connect to God, meditation, prayer, um, Uh all the things that people have followed in religion and philosophy and Zen Uh and Buddhism and all this, how is it that one can discern those voices between their ego and actually hearing the voice that they want to hear that guides and directs them. Right. Uh, that's a great question, Greg. That's, that's the question. There's the great notion, and in, in, there's a biblical story about that, you know, uh, that the whirlwind went before the prophet and that God wasn't in the whirlwind and God wasn't in the thunder and God wasn't in the loud clash of the mountains, but God was in that still small voice. And I think that's, Oh, man, how do we get quiet enough to hear that still small voice? I don't have a great answer to that. I wish I did. I wish I could get uh, in my own life quiet enough all the time to really hear that. I don't. So I'm going to say, can I use a lifeline? I don't have a good answer on that one, Greg. Okay, well, I thought you might have a little bit of a perspective, but I know that one of the ways that people do it, obviously, is through meditation and prayer. And, and uh, But discernment, I, I think the key is that many of the sages along our, our path, whether it be Jesus or it be Paramahansa Yogananda or it be whoever it is, um, I think the key is quieting. And uh, that is, a, you hit the nail on the head there. So what what do you know for certain as a rabbi, having gone to rabbinical school, about God? What do I know for certain about God? Um, the w- one thing I can tell you that I know for certain about God, and my ego hates this answer, is that I'm not God. That's the only certainty I have, and I think it goes right to what you were just saying about uh, getting quiet enough to hear what's not us and to hear uh, that, that voice within so that would be the one thing I know for certain, that I'm not it. 
Uh, everything else, uh, I got a lot of hunches, but I don't have any certainty. I think certainty we get into a lot of trouble about. I think we, uh, as human beings, crave certainty. I want to know. Like, I want to know what the weather's going to be tomorrow. I want certainty in all aspects of my life. But certainty, uh, I have a favorite quote that says, uh, uncertainty is uncomfortable, but certainty is ridiculous. I don't think we can be certain about hardly anything in our life and all the more so about God. Well, okay, so you're not God, but is there there is there this separation between your physical being? Uh, a second ago there was kind of this reference that there wasn't this almighty figure that appeared from the heavens, yeah. um, which is something f- away from us. And then now I'm I'm kind of asking this question about then so who is Rabbi Brian if Rabbi Brian isn't part of the whole? Um, I, so the question yeah. would be, are you part of that whole? I think so. I'm here, you're here, and yet somehow we're separate and somehow we're connected and by more than just you know a podcast and two telephones. I don't have answers on how all that works. I I think it might be really groovy to have those answers, but uh, I'm comfortable in not understanding that. Well, you obviously left organized religion for a reason. So why did you leave organized religion to start this religion outside of the box over the Internet? What is it that compelled you uh, to want to reach out and build a communities of support uh, where there's a lot of people seeking answers in this world today but can't see to get, seem to get them through organized religion, so they come to Rabbi Brian and religion outside the box. Yeah, I, I think uh, part of it is that there's a huge gulf and there's a huge group of people who aren't being served. Uh, you know, there's organized religion and the religious... I heard a quote once that the religious right we know isn't right and the spiritual left seem to have already left. Uh, there are people for whom organized religion or their perceptions of it, you know, they haven't been to a church or a synagogue or a mosque in years, but they're certain that the, that they wouldn't be welcome there. Uh, so there are people for whom organized religion doesn't feel like it fits. And on the other hand, they don't want to be sitting in front of a group of crystals meditating. And these people just aren't being served. And what are they going to do with their spiritual religious lives? And uh, so my job is to shepherd, to help shepherd people in their spiritual religious lives. And why am I doing this? Oh, I, I, I like that Jonah story in the Bible very much, where Jonah's the prophet who gets called, and uh, he, you know, God calls him, and Jonah says, Oh, no, no way, God. I'm going, uh, you want me to go to the left? I'm going to the right. And what Jonah realizes is that you can't really run away, and that's how he winds up in the belly of the big fish. And uh, I think that's how it is. This is what I know I need to be doing. While I, when I try to run away from doing this ministry, this rabbinic ministry of helping people in their spiritual religious lives, I just get called back to it over and over again. And so I can't run away from it. This is what I'm here to do. This is what I know. I know that I'm here. This is what I'm supposed to be doing. Well, it's interesting in some of the uh, ways that you're connecting people using technology today and kind of this fast-paced driven world of uh, you know emails and cell phones and everything we've got to keep us connected and I actually personally have nothing against it because uh, I use it technology to uh, a positive the question then is is how are you helping people find God over the internet or 
Allah or yeah. Buddha or whatever it is that they're going to reference it, the Almighty. Um, and how is this working for you? Well, I, I want to be clear. I'm not trying to re- bring anyone to God. As, I, I'm not. I'm not trying to win any converts to anything. That's not my goal. I, I'm not. I don't get a toaster for everyone who I get to believe the way that I get that I believe. Um, my goal is to help people find and be with the God of their understanding. Right. It doesn't. I don't want them to have a God notion the way I do. I want them to find and be with God, howsoever the word God makes sense to them. I'm very careful when I write anything about God to always put before the word God the word the in parentheses, and afterward I, I've always put of your understanding. So it's always the God of your understanding, because that's what we need to get in touch with. And whether you call it Buddha or Allah or Jesus or Muhammad or or Hashem Adonai, whatever you call it, it's not, that's not the point. The point is getting in touch with and having a relationship, having a relatedness with the God of your understanding. Not, not just up in our heads and theoretical, but trying to really have a relationship the way that you have a relationship with anyone else in your life. I think that's, I think that's great. Now, on, in your book, you have something under section prayer, and I just want to read this for a second and get some comment from on it. You say, prayer is often assumed to be the proper means for uh, connecting and receiving messages from God, and you can use prayer to divine what the God of your understanding wants. Unfortunately, there is a lot that needs to be unlearned and relearned about prayer for that to make sense. Can you tell me what you think needs to be relearned and unlearned about making that connection with God? Okay. Um, oh, uh, first of all, the word prayer, we're, we're at a disadvantage in the English language because the word prayer comes from the Latin precare, which means to ask or request. So we tend to think, and, and uh, that's part of what we need to unlearn, we tend to think that prayer is just asking for things, asking God for things, asking the universe, help me out, I need a parking spot, or help me out, my bank account's not looking the way I want it to. So that's what we tend to think that prayer is. And so when I talk about unlearning, is we need to unlearn that that's what prayer is and to see that there are other types of prayer. And I, I spell it out that there are three different types of prayer that I know of. There's petition prayer, which is the asking, praise prayer, which is where it's like a, a gratitude list is a prayer, right? When you take stock of what you have and see how blessed you are, that's a prayer. And then the third type of prayer is a presence prayer, where you're just in the moment. Isn't that uh, Ram Das talks about be here now? When you're in the here and now, that's the most beautiful type of prayer that there is. So my, my goal is to help people to unlearn the baggage that they have with regard to prayer, with regard to the Bible, with regard to the word God, to help people unlearn all of that and to relearn for themselves what they actually know deep in their hearts. I think that's really good message for our people. Now, another thing, you say the Bible and beyond, and you yeah. quote Mark Marcus Borg in his book, Reading the Bible Again for the First Time, oh, taking the Bible seriously but not literally um, makes a point that I need to state here. And I, and I think, let me ask a question around this, is that in your estimation, it's really about finding a path that works for you. Amen. And and that is really what you're all about. Would that be That's would that it. be right? Okay. That's it. Helping you 
let me give an example. So when I, I work with wedding couples every so often, and Judaism tells me to tell them that before their wedding, they should go to the mikvah, to the Jewish ritual bath to get cleansed. Well, that's great. But if you've never been to a Jewish ritual bath to cleanse yourself, that first time you're going to go before your wedding is going to be really weird. So instead, I ask people to think about what they might do in their lives that would help to cleanse them. And we talk about it, and some say, oh, I can sage myself, I can sage my whole house, or I can go to a sweat lodge, or, oh, I'll go get a massage. So whatever it is that feels like it cleanses them. So it's what the goal is is what's important, not the path. And that's, that's what I think all of religion is a, a, about, a path to a goal. And we need to remember the goal, not the path. And that's where organized religions get a little confused at times, is that we confuse the path with the goal. And we think that it's more important that people say the words in Hebrew and light candles on Friday night, then they, they get in touch with what rest means to them. Now, now that's an interesting answer to that. In one of the places you state that you're this spiritual religious artist. Now, what I understand spiritual about it, yeah. yeah, what I understand about a spiritual religious artist is that you take a piece of canvas uh-huh. and you get to create on that canvas whatever you like. Uh-huh. Um, is that what that means about Reverend Brian? Is that he's providing guidelines for people, he's providing foundations, he's providing support, but he's allowing people to draw their beauty of their own canvas from their own authentic self? Is that what Reverend, is that what Rabbi Brian's about? Greg, I have, I have thought about it before, and I've never heard any, I haven't come up with an answer as beautiful as the one you just gave. So I, I like that, yeah. Uh, my my usual notion and where I came up with the idea of a religious artist is slightly different, uh, but I like what you just said so much that I'm going to just leave it there. Well, great. So what you're about is helping people paint their own canvas and, and enjoying canvas. and providing certain, how what I would call the principles. Um, and And that leads me to this, you know, there's a lot of controversy about religion, and we've talked yeah. about this during this podcast so, um, what is it that, again, that you believe that religion is missing the point with these folks yeah. that are coming to you on the internet? What's well, the main me, things me, that are missing? Let me let me uh, say one thing that I think will really help this con- conversation about religion is to understand that there's a difference between religion and organized religion. And that's why we have the word organized to be a descriptor, that there's religion and then there's organized religion and that they're different. Religion at its goal is a path to a goal, as I alluded to, right? It's a path to help you in your life uh, for an understanding of the world, for an understanding of God, whatever makes sense. So it's a path to a goal. Organized religion is simply a set, a standard set of paths and goals. That's what the organized part means. It's organized paths and goals. Um, what uh, or sometimes organized religion does, and this is the nature of any any group, is it starts to confuse its goals with its path, and it starts to forget the means to the ends. I mean, look at look at how many companies were founded to you know to serve the greater good, but then at the end of the day, they get all confused about their you know their margin, their their profit share, and how much of it, and they start uh, you know sneaking back on what their goal was, which was to help the consumer and to provide something. It, it's a it's a common thing. And I also say there are very many people who are on in my internet based congregation 
who are also members of organized religion. It's, it's, there's no exclusivity uh, type thing. Well, Reverend Brian, it's really been a pleasure having you on this podcast this morning, and, and I would actually like to invite you the opportunity to come back and do a, a second podcast because oh, I'm, in, I'm intrigued by what you're doing, and I believe that the, you know on the airway, airways of the Internet um, that more of this needs to be made available, and I think for my listeners who are looking for uh, more depth and inside personal growth and personal mastery, um, that you provide them a way and a connection to get there, and you provide them the opportunity to paint their own canvas. So uh, the book is A Religion Outside the Box, How to Find Out What the God of Your Understanding Wants from You. And so, uh, Rabbi Brian, where can people go to get this book? How can they get in touch with you? Um, what's the best way to make all that happen? Uh, well, the book is available, as all good things are, on Amazon.com. If you type in Rabbi Brian on Amazon.com, you will surely find the book. Uh, and, and better yet, go to go to the website. Go to ROTB.org, ROTB as in Religion Outside the Box, and you can see the newsletter. You can sign up for it there. Uh, it's a free newsletter, and it's pretty groovy. Uh, and send me an email. Let me know what you're thinking. I will get back to you. Well, I appreciate this time, and I appreciate your sincerity and authenticity, uh, and actually the path you've taken to get where you've gotten, and your yeah. willingness to share um, your understandings and wisdom with people using a new technology, and uh, I think it's fascinating, and I look forward to talking with you again in the near future. Well, thank you very much, and without any theological overtones to it, I'll say God bless you. And uh, blessings to you as well. Uh, take care. Thank you. Thank you.